welcome to issue number two, or else episode three, of the Nerdcut, the place to check in for all your wholesome nerdy goodness. Starring, in no particular order, our very own musical score correspondent, synth connoisseur, the man with the dulcet tones of a Radio 4 presenter, is Mr. Andrew Searle. Say hello, Andrew. Hello! Alongside him, at least two metres away, true leader of the opposition by day, Batman tribute act by night, holding the British government to account between comedy gigs since 97. It's Mr. Jonathan Maunders. Say hello, Johnny. Hello, everybody. And then there's me, Mr. Christian Liberman, still struggling to pronounce my own name, still figuring out just what it is I bring to the table of this geeky cadre of ours. Today we're kicking off something of a subset of podcasts, and from our three creative minds we have come up with a title, The Nerd Cut Favourites. And that's where Andrew's specially commissioned jingle will play, and perhaps some reverb on the voice too. Yeah, cool, yeah. Wait, what? Oh, so, wait, I need to do more work. Hang on. Can I just, like, sing it? You can sing it. I may or may not make that into a professional thing. This is a quick note from editing Andrew in the future. No, I didn't make it into a proper thing, so that was all you got. Soz. A more professional thing. In this first oh, I edition... Johnny Sanford's as well. Don't talk over me. Sorry. In this first edition, we'll be tackling our top live-action TV shows. Johnny and Andrew will tell us theirs, and then I'll be telling them why they're wrong, and why mine is superior. But first, as is fast becoming tradition of the Nerdcut, a quick roundup of what we've been watching, slash reading, slash playing this past week. Andrew, kick us off. So, um... I've been catching up on Clone Wars. Well, catching up on Clone Wars. Going back through some Clone <laughs> Catching Wars. up on that old Clone um, Wars. <laughs> <laughs> catching up on the old Clone Wars. Um, no, I've, I've, I have started a rewatch at some point last year and I got up to about beginning of season five. So I've um, picked that up again because having watched The Bad Batch, I was itching for more. Um, and then I've been reading the Two Towers book, which Christian very kindly sponsored me to read. He got me points on my Wardstones card, so it's fine. Sponsored? You make it sound like it's like a Make a Wish Foundation type. <laughs> yeah. For just twelve pounds, very kind. You can get a local twenty-seven-year-old to, to read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that time. So yeah, that, that was me. What about you, Johnny? Um. So this week I've been watching the animated series Invincible on Amazon Prime, which is based on a comic from Image Comics. Uh, it's something that I, I've heard a few other podcasts recommend and I'd sort of brushed it aside because I'd never heard of Omni-Man which is sort of uh, and Invincible, the sort of main characters of the show And but then eventually I decided to watch it this week and I really enjoyed it I'm five episodes in, I think of of, of eight um, so three, three left to go and yeah, really loving it uh, it's if people have watched the sort of Justice League animated series of the mid two thousands, it's similar sort of similar to that, but with a slightly more adult tone. There's some, mm. there is some swearing in it, so if you don't like swearing, don't watch it. But it is, it's really good, and there's some interesting themes there about sort of adulthood and youth and that kind of thing, responsibility. Mm. Christian, all the things Johnny's been learning about this week. <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't like swearing while you're listening to this fucking podcast. Exactly. Hey. Um, I have been... To change the, uh, the vibe, I've been playing a video game called Papers, Please. Nerd. Which, <laughs> anyone heard of that? I have, yeah. It's uh, If anyone watches Yahtzee Croshaw's Zero Punctuation 
video game reviews, which are hilarious, and I highly recommend them. It was one of his favourite games from a couple of years ago, a few years back. Very simple kind of format to it. You are basically the border control guard on a fictional for a fictional country called Arstotska. It's kind of and it's set in the late eighties. It's kind of got this Soviet vibe to it. I love it already. You love it already. I highly recommend it. But it's simple concept. You're all you're doing is having people hand you their passports, um, and you're checking that everything check it checks out, and then either accepting or denying their entry into your country. And with each day that goes past, there are more levels to the security. There's like <clears throat> entry permits for all foreigners. There's a vaccination certificates. A bit topical now. Um, yeah, and it's just it's very simple concept. It's riveting. I just couldn't stop playing it for days and days. It was. Have you ever um have you ever heard of Not Tonight? Not Tonight. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I can't remember what it's about. It's basically it's basically the same game, but in like a it's called it's like a post Brexit management. Oh yes, game. yes, I do remember hearing about that. Yes. When you when you said have you heard of Not Tonight, it's, it, I thought you were talking about one of my previous relationships. So heard that a lot during oh. one of my ex my previous oh, relationships. Sorry. Um. Yeah. No, so it's, that's quite an interesting game. That's kind of it. Basically, paper, papers, please, but like the Brexit UK mm, version. Interesting. So you're Boris um, on, yeah. the, on the uh, border, then are you? No, it's a bit more, a bit more dark than Boris. A bit more dark than Boris. More, more, more like imagine Ian Keir Starmer being in charge. That's kind of bit <laughs> much what's, Is what's it border good. enforcement? Uh, what's his Ian Foot from Come Flying? <laughs> if in doubt, keep him out. Yep. Yeah. Definitely, definitely want to add to your list, Christian. Ah, I shall, I shall. I mean, I've got this 20 different endings to Papers, Please, and I've only got about four or five of them so far, so I need to finish those off first. Okay. <laughs> you need to pull a sickie at some point, Grish, and then you can just get some of this work done. True. Hopefully you know they will work as listening to this. Oh, they won't. Well, they, they are, hopefully, because we want to get the oh, numbers up. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening oh. to this and Christian has mysteriously called in sick, he is genuinely ill. Um, <laughs> Yeah, listen he, to Johnny. He's a he's a political either, broadcaster. Either that, or he's um he's he's lost his work shoes because that does sometimes happen as well. <laughs> so, on with the main event. The main event is tonight. So we're talking about our favorite, the first episode of of uh, our favorite. The nerd cut favorites. Our, our, yeah, the first episode of the nerd cut favorites. It's like an um, imprint. Exactly. So, why don't you, Christian? Actually, no, I, I, can't, I, I want to say Christian's, but I'm kind of scared to find out what Christian's favourite. You two have been having bets on it, so shall we leave that for... Yeah. Yeah, let's see if that's the end. So let's put the suspense. Keep my, I'm keep interested my to see what sweating. you think I do. I watch. We've, well, we, we've, we've went down some very dark paths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I think my favourite bet was on Buffy. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Um, right, should I kick us off then? So mine, as we've already covered so much Star Wars, I might as well throw it in there. My favourite TV show, nerdy, live-action TV show, is The Mandalorian, season one and season two. Really? I mean, partly because Johnny nicked what I actually wanted to say, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is really, really is actually good. actually your second I, I, I love it. TV series. No, like. no, it is good. I, I love it. I, I, I it's uh, obviously seen it more recently, so it's got a bit more. Just more promote my, uh, my <laughs> what, what was that? 
Christmas card from last year. My was, girlfriend drew uh, the Mandalorian and Yoda kind of in the style of, you affect, I suppose, kind of, it kind of South Park. So, it affected you so much you forgot what, what she gave it to you for. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to read it to us, Christian? <laughs> Better not. Okay, <laughs> best Shakespearean. Just, just send it to Frank instead, he'll... Um, right, so yeah, so Mando, what were we saying? Mandalorian, season one and season two. Great TV show. I think Christian said, um, kind of said it perfectly in when we did the Star Wars episode, in that they, actually it might be Johnny, someone, one of you two bright gentlemen said it, that they were kind of like a, it was the best thing to happen Star Wars, or the most hopeful thing to happen Star Wars. In fact, a new hope for Star Wars, should we say. Um, at a time when they kind of, could have carried on just banging on with more films that were um, kind of like the stories and and not really getting kind of progressing things that much and then The Mandalorian came along and kind of showed showed not only how Star Wars can progress through that medium but also how a lot of nerdy things can progress through that medium so that I mean, it really in my view has kicked off all the MCU TV shows so um, you know I think I think it's pretty pretty exceptional stuff and it's it's a re- really good balance between giving you enough uh kind of story development well story but i was gonna i was gonna say it was it, it's great for fans and just regular casual, casual plebs alike you know <gasps> don't call them plebs like, okay regular joes as in people that people that are really in star wars i might say we are probably included in that can appreciate it but I also know plenty of people that watch Star Wars have probably haven't even seen all the Star Wars movies, um, if you can imagine such people, um, who enjoyed it as well. So, I mean, that, and then that, that comes down, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot tonight and just generally in the future, just comes down because it's a good story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really necessarily even matter the setting that it's in. Um, the setting allows them to do things that give you a bit of fan service and some good easter eggs here and there but the story and the arc the characters go through is really interesting and engaging and um leaves you wanting more pretty much every episode and in the each season so yeah that that's that's my uh that's my offering it, for the table it's uh, what i love about the mandalorian is it's a great nod to the original trilogy oh definitely yeah. Absolutely. And the sort it's of got a western yeah. vibe to it isn't exactly and it's got that the sort of use of practical effects as well for me, yeah. it feels like at a time where I thought Star Wars was really a, a crossroads and going through a path that I don't think any of us particularly liked, it really felt like such a welcome sort of return to the Star Wars that we love. Mm-hmm. And it sort yeah. of showed also that, I may well have referenced, I've mentioned this before, certainly when we were talking about Rogue One, that you just you don't need a Jedi to have a great Star Wars yeah. story. Um. And it also shows you don't have to then just keep repeating the same stories of old to have a great, you know, Star Wars story. Absolutely. And also they, they did a really good job of pitching where it kind of fitted into the, the timeline because they obviously could have gone, I don't know, something in the prequel, something in the originals, but they kind of fitted it into a really good point where there was... Not much else. Yeah, not much else going on and people are aware of the kind of the background immediately before it and I suppose also the the if you wanted to watch the sequels you you know where the universe is going um 
but that is also completely not like you, you don't need to know any of that to to, to watch and enjoy it so um, yeah they fit in really nicely really good point in the in the timeline also I have a crush on Pedro Pascal and he's amazing oh he he's pretty amazing. amazing I'm sorry you didn't mention the uh, the music on that Andrew well Ludwig is my um my main man so <laughs> how do you pronounce his surname uh, that's why I didn't try and pronounce it. <laughs> Goranson. Goranson. I think it's Goranson. Goranson. Um, he he's a really good composer. Uh, the stuff he did for Black Panther was so like authentic and mm. um, and different. And it definitely emphasised the um, Western aesthetic of Mandalorian. Yeah, and I absolutely did, did a really good job in the final bit of the final episode of season two. That the music that kicks in that slowly builds in that scene, which. Mm. I still can't work out if we're doing spoilers in this or not but uh, the music that builds gradually in that scene was just phenomenal already should we set down some ground rules that anyone that's watching a podcast about nerdy TV shows or nerdy Probably Star Wars or we will just, we'll just say just assume from now on that we are we will try not to just spoil things completely outright but we may well just inadvertently, inadvertently yeah. mention mm-hmm. that I don't know Yoda becomes a dad or <laughs> Like, whatever you know what? like <laughs> these these things happen but well, didn't they take you, you the read kid some away, of the comics didn't Charles Services take the kid away from her <laughs> is, is that what Mando is it's Charles Services um, also love IG-11 because is it 11 or is it IG-88 no it's 11 yeah Taika Waititi Taika is bless you yeah and the thing I love the most about the um the so the the main theme for the Mandalorian that Ludwig homeboy um, Ludwig, Ludwig Homeboy, is that, is that name? Yeah, well, it's just easy in trying to say his name. <laughs> so he 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 recorded it on, I think it was a tenor recorder, and it's literally just like, it's if if you were going to pick up any kind of idiot was going to pick up a recorder for the first time, and if you just play without like pressing any keys down, you get the first note, and the second note is literally just pressing like the first key down. So it's like the most basic, like it was just so him like messing around it. with. Yeah, if you if you buy a tenor recorder, but um, it's just quite interesting. It's like the most the most basic thing that instrument can do, and it just works so perfectly in that setting. Christian, so. I now want you to buy a tenor recorder. <laughs> yeah, next week's episode for the musical one, we could actually try and like recreate some of these things, Christian. Oh God! Especially if we get Stranger Things on, because then you can go proper synth. Oh, oh that'll be right, Christian. Heavy. We'll do Christian do the Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. With this Daft Punk helmet on. Mm, oh, I wish I could so, get one yeah. of those. So that's Mandalorian. I'm sure we'll talk about it in more, a bit more in a bit, but let's uh, let's move on to what other favourites are. So if we're going to save Christian to the end, that... Leaves Johnny. Leaves the ginger kid. The ginger kid. Well, this ginger kid... This dangerous ginger. ...is going for something probably pretty obvious and the one that you wanted to pick, Andrew. I must admit, I came to it through several others. But number one has got to be Stranger Things. Because... I don't think I have ever been gripped by a TV series, a live action TV series, or binge watched a live like a live action TV series in the way that I that I remember binge watching the first season of Stranger Things. Like the whole the whole of Stranger Stranger Things is amazing, but nothing compares to that first season to me. Not knowing what to expect and the thrill ride of it, and it just completely changed the idea, my idea of what a TV show could be like, in the sense mm. of having the suspense and thrill that I only I thought was only sort of saved for the cinema, like big blockbusters in the cinema. 
I always sort of assumed that like TV shows generally were slightly lower budget and slightly sort of less thrilling in a sense. And yep. for me, Stranger Things just has everything. You know, there's as we sort of mentioned, great great soundtrack with sort of eighty synth styles, uh, music, and great suspense and horror elements and there's comedy to it there's sort of coming coming of age elements of it and as someone who just is obsessed with the 80s generally it is just like the ultimate thing for me and it's such a great sort of homage slash love letter to the great sort of horror slash sci-fi movies of the 80s um and it, and it does it in a way which is kind of even-handed it's, it's not like a sort of rip-off or a sort of what's the word sort of sickly sweet homage it does it in a really tasteful way again with the music as well it's not there's some sometimes you get with films or TV shows when they're set in the 80s they literally try and shove it down your throat whereas with Stranger Things it does it in a really balanced even handed way where you actually feel like you were there without it being yeah. sort of sickly sweet if that makes sense so yeah it does also help that they use Kyle Dixon and Michael Steen use the they kind of it's all like original music and they're not just playing like I mean there are like obviously 80s songs in there but they're not just playing like an 80s playlist to yeah to and, make if, you feel and even like when they do use time. 80s songs they don't use like really obvious ones that are like yeah that you've heard in every single 80s movie ever they, they're Rick often Astley. using things that are yeah, exactly Rick Astley they're often using things that are that are 80s but sort of subtle enough that you'll that yeah. you're surprised by it still um, and it's just you know we, we, we were talking before we started recording just the, there are obviously there are villains in it but in some ways the villains are very much secondary to the great character development that goes on yeah um, it, it is as much a character drama as it is a sort of horror slash thriller um, and it's yeah, just two yeah. are very like separate aren't they they're kind of yeah they 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 operate on different levels but not the thriller but not in a jarring way it, it's it's no not at all as in you could remove the thriller elements and just have a threat of some kind and yeah. it would still work like the the, the it, it's definitely separated enough that yeah it's great is this the point where i dropped the bombshell about christian not what not ever watching stranger things yet if you like yet but you think something's been on my list for King years, so I don't know what's, but it's just, hmm, it's never seemed like quite the right time. And I'm, you've, 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 you've dissuaded the uh, myths I have of where I'm not, never been to particularly keen of shows or films where kids are the protagonists because that usually puts, puts me off. But I've heard positive things about the actors and actresses in that regard, so that's no yeah. excuse. On, on that, let's have a good point, is that I often feel that in sort of modern movies, and maybe even movies of the 90s, when kids are protagonists, it's like really annoying, and it feels very forced. Whereas often in sort of 80s movies or movies of that era, it always felt a bit more natural. And I feel with Stranger Things, it is the same. It, feel, it, doesn't, always, it doesn't feel like, oh, they've forced this to be a show about kids. It, it feels really natural and they are all like really good actors yeah they're amazing actors it's it, you know it doesn't feel forced in any way it feels natural it, it actually comes to an extent where you don't actually you, you couldn't imagine imagine it being about adults if that makes sense and there are yeah. adults in it and great adult characters um like hopper um david harbour and winona Ryder as well um mm -hmm. so yeah I, I the kids bit for me is really not yeah it really shouldn't be a barrier 
Do you feel that it's maintained its quality through how many seasons have now? Three. Three, so three, three seasons, yeah. yeah. I feel. Has it maintained? I, yeah, I, I, I don't think anything will ever compare to the first one. But in some ways, that's natural because we really didn't know what we were exploring at that point. And something very new at that point, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, the, so naturally, the sort of scope of where it could go was so wide. And that's partly because of how well they pitched it and how well the plot was that you didn't really quite know what the the scope was or what those sort of boundaries were. So, like like any TV show, after that first season, you then have some boundaries. You know what, what realms the show operates in. So that slightly affects it. But I still think it's very consistent. I don't think if you if you watched it in a binge, you wouldn't be going like, "Oh my god, that was so much worse than that." Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I think we we mentioned this a little bit. We kind of touched on it just now. But um, the the one thing that I think gets worse throughout the se- seasons is the the thrill or the threat of the the kind of villain in inverse commas, um, which comes down to which we've, a thing that we've said over the last couple episodes of like the more you see a scary thing and the more you know of it, the less the scary, scary it becomes. Um, in the in the first season, you literally like you have no idea for the first half of the season at all what is what this thing is other than what the kind of kids project they think is going on through their kind of D&D world um, and that is absolutely terrifying but in season two and season three you kind of you see things very quickly and you and also it's the the, the kind of big bad is really just massive like big and bad isn't it like it's there's nothing that's there's no subtlety to it the, the yeah, there's no, there's not terrifying that they. Could, I mean, a moderate spoiler in in the first season, the like the way that the upside down kind of engulfs Will and like kind of like like tentacles going into his mouth. But in season two and three, like the 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 big bad is literally just this massive like sit like town sized problem. <laughs> And so it's kind of it, that 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 loses the scariness of it. But despite that, even I mean, that that gets worse throughout season two and season three. But the story is still just as good. And also they they nail in se- end of season three they nail a funny moment at the intense yeah at the point when only someone like Ryan Johnson would think about trying <laughs> to deviate from the course of where it's going. But they do it so so well, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. And they they just nail like the the tone of it, don't you think, Johnny? It's the yeah. And like, like as what as to what Andrew's saying, he's right. Like the villain, thank you. The threat isn't as affecting or effective in the in series season two and season three. But the character development is so consistent and so solid that you don't you almost don't notice at the time. And actually, it doesn't like we were saying before. It doesn't really matter. Because the character development is so good that you almost don't need a villain. Um, yeah, it's just it kid, so kids well. growing up to some degree, isn't it? Like it's exactly, and the, and the, the the changing relationships between them, and they also they introduce new characters really well. When Max come, Max and Billy came in. Is that season two that happens or season three? No, it's season two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they kind of they fit them in really well. Like it could have been quite difficult to they could have maybe had to overplay them to try and get them to fit in, but they, they mm. do a really good job of getting them to squeeze them in. So, yeah. And uh, love Steve. Steve. S- Steve is... And that's another Steve great... And that, again, is a complete uh, testament to the character development, right? Because Steve is introduced as a douchey, yeah. 
he's just a douche basically a douchey bully yeah and yet by the end he's so lovable like it's yeah and it's very difficult to do that without again without it seeming forced yeah but it happens good good acting and uh, and good writing yeah combined they don't rush it yeah it's really good I I, I think Christian's gonna have to watch this I'm once soon because it just ticks so many of the boxes that we think he would like so and I can't wait to watch it too again if you write into P.O. Box the nerd cut <laughs> um, and suggest that Christian writes it then maybe he'll maybe, maybe he'll do it I think we should give him like a, a month and then otherwise we should give it, uh, his address on this podcast his actual address and then so we have to get, to, get we... to 100 followers on Twitter and Facebook then I'll do it no. <laughs> I'll just create That's a challenge account. So I'm just trying to think how many people I know I can add at least like four or five. Oh, well on the way then. Yeah, that's no, really good. So yeah, so Christian, put us all out of our suspense. I can't take it anymore. Well, it's, what did you think? You thought Buffy. Well, just because you had a, I think it was last episode, you had a bit of a moment when we, when we were hating on your boy. Um, Not exactly just... my boy. I was purely stating facts. Yeah. I'm not sure it actually is that, but I just wondered, wondered if that was maybe a, 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 a sweet spot for you that we hadn't ever realised before, and you maybe kept it. Well, this is where my nerd wondering. cards is going to drop again, because I haven't actually watched Buffy, so... Well, can I say what, I, I, say. what I suggested? We also yep. had... We also, Andrew also mentioned Westworld, and I... Yep. So that's one idea, is Westworld. The other one is Twin Peaks. And also Firefly. Wait, Johnny just gets like five guesses, doesn't he? Yeah, but I was the one who said it right at the beginning. Okay. Westworld season one would definitely be up there. That was Ooh. incredible. Um, Twin Peaks, I haven't watched the whole thing, but it is very good. And what was the other thing? Firefly. I love Firefly, but it's not quite up there with my top ones, I'm afraid. Doctor, t- Doctor Who? God, no. Sorry. Oh, okay. Any any um, any uh, Whovians listening? I'm just not. Uh, I, I'm not a I huge Whovian. Huh? I clearly offended you then. <laughs> I never heard. I've never heard them being called Whovians before. That sounds. Is that the word? I think that's the one they're called. Yeah. yeah it, is. it is now. It is the word. That's what I'm calling them. It is the word, but it always makes me think of um, um, horses. No, like the Who's of Whoville. Yeah. <laughs> like Doctor Zeus. Love bit of the Grinch. Yeah. Please tell us, Christian. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Oh. Which you probably won't know what it means, but... Absolutely no trying idea. trying to theme my... T- my uh, there's a five on it, and a yeah. space station. I know what it is. It's our safe word. What is word. it? Is it... Is it... It's our safe is word. It, is it, is it, it's it's Babylon our safe 5. Word. It is Babylon 5. That is my top show of all time. Because... It's just unadulterated... Space opera just doesn't compromise what it is to uh, trying to appeal to a wider audience. It is just great, just weird, weird aliens and absolutely super, superb. That's become my keyword, isn't it? Superb, superb story. Um, it was kind of the progenitor of serialized, or certainly one of the early ones of like serialized TV, where those mentioned like T, uh, Twin Peaks that came earlier, but. 
this is probably more in the sci-fi or sci-fi fantasy realm there was episodes of a tv show would be very episodic you'd have like the x-files or something like that or star trek where each um episode would be its own story the next the next week it would be reset next story reset next story whereas babylon 5 as the creator j michael straczynski straczynski um puts it as a novel across five seasons of television it's one complete story um and it's just amazing bit of character uh, character development. You have these two, two two main characters, like alien characters called Jakar and Londo, who are the ambassadors from these two um, opposing races. And initially, Jakar is seemingly the villain or one of the villains of the series, and Londo is. A buffoon or just the kind of the comic relief and as time goes on their roles are completely reversed londo becomes this unwitting um cause of so much death and destruction and jagar becomes goes from let's say from what we see as the villain to basically a prophet for his people and he's the wise character on the show is the one that people go to for advice and he is arguably my favourite character in all of fiction as well Jakar from Bob Babylon 5 um, it has amazing female character, really strong amazing female characters there's Ivanova who's the second in command of Babylon 5 the space station played by Claudia, Claudia Christian there's Delenn who's an ambassador from another alien race and played by the late Mira Furlan who people might remember from Lost I think she wasn't lost. Um, and it was just the what hooked me. I, I remember I hadn't seen it before about four or five years ago, and I caught a few episodes when they were playing it on Watch, the um, TV station Watch, which I don't think exists anymore. And just started watching it. It looks quite interesting. And then this one episode um, came. I think it's about the sixth episode of season one, where it had this spoke to me because I as, as you may come to know listening to these podcasts I'm a budding writer and one of my influences is H.P. Lovecraft and his idea of cosmicism or cosmicism which is the idea that humanity is the, the equivalent of ants in the universe and there are other creatures out there in the universe that are so far above and beyond highly evolved beings that would appear like gods to us and we are just we're nothing but ants to them. They don't care about us. They don't. They're not interested in what we're doing, or we're we're just literally just scrub, uh, wandering around on the ground below their feet, by comparison. And there's this episode where this miner goes off to this barren planet, encounters this absolutely unreal, gargantuan spaceship, and comes back and is told that there are things out there that's uh, there are races out there that are so that have been around billions of years longer than any of the races that the story's focused upon and it's just that scope that just that scope of the story and just blew my mind and that got me hooked and then there's plot threads about um, the rise of totalitarianism there's a the president of earth becomes is uh, murdered and is replaced by his vice president who becomes this evil overlord basically um, turns um, humanity into a 
racist fascist state and that's one of the subplots um yeah it's just it's just absolutely everything that i want from a show it's amazing storyline amazing characters brilliantly acted very although some of the um the visual effects have dated a little bit um it's still such a great watch and i don't think it's yeah i would recommend it to most people although it is quite hard to see but if you're not much of a sci-fi or fantasy fan it's quite hard to see past some of the uh the look of it but the story is amazing i'll just put that there. yeah i was gonna say because I, I couldn't tell from what you were saying whether as in do you like do you think that people like us would enjoy it do you think it's maybe if you're too... already geeks and you haven't seen it yeah i think you would i just yeah. think it's a harder sell to people who aren't really into nerddom to begin with which is unfortunate because it's such a good show but yeah there's just some people I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I just know wouldn't give it the time of day, unfortunately, and I wouldn't try and force it on them. That was going to yeah. be my sort of next question: is why do you think it hadn't, didn't have more sort of like mainstream, or hasn't had more mainstream sort of success? But it came, it came about at the same time. Did mm, it's, it's, it, it was it came about at pretty much the same time as Deep Space Nine, Star Trek mm. Deep Space Nine, and there's this whole. I'm not sure how true it is, but this idea that um, J J Mess, as he's the creator, is known in the, uh, the fandom, um, he pitched the idea to um, I can't remember which company it was who owns who owns Star Trek at the time, and they they rejected it, and then suddenly Deep Space Nine came out, so they like took the idea of a space station, a you know, story focused around a space station, and put it in the Star Trek universe. So this is the idea that that. They stole his idea basically, and he had to go elsewhere. So Deep Space Nine was the the bigger show because it had the Star Trek name to it. Um, but if you do, if you look, if a lot of fan pages on social media, when it comes to they get posts, put uh, polls are put up about what's the best, one of the best TV shows, it is actually consistently quite high. So it is popular in the right circles. It's just like I said, I just don't think it didn't break out because of maybe the dated visuals or there's a few it's it can be slightly kind of cheesy at times and and again it didn't have, it didn't have the star trek label to to promote it as well so so i'm quite I'm, I, I came across it purely by accident because it was on watch if i hadn't if it hadn't been for watch then i probably would never have watched it either so god bless what's, the, what's the music like um yeah it's pretty good actually good bit of um Kind of um, retro synthy kind of was like early '90s video game kind of um, score, but then also a bit of orchestral, which kind of mixed blends a bit of synth and a bit of orchestra as well. Um, yeah, I've some just, of, some just of the... looked up. It's Christopher Frank, who mm-hmm. is a German like electro mm-hmm. synth musician, but he apparently he, he was educated in the Berlin Conservatory. Mm-hmm. There you go. During some of the, the big climax and space battles, it is like it, the score is pretty amazing. Got to say, yeah, that explains why there's a mix of like synth and uh, and orchestral mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that sounds very cool. Very cool. So no firefly, I'm sorry. It's alright. I'll, I'll forgive you for this occasion. <laughs> so yeah, so three quite different shows then. Um, so one thing I was wondering, just based on just this, the kind of the the main shows we've put out there, why do we think the medium or do do we think that the medium makes those shows work 
in a way that films wouldn't. Yes. Johnny, what do you think about Stranger Things? Yes, I yeah. think so. I think I think it's the same with Mandalorian as well. Um, yeah. In a TV show, and I think it's something that actually generally that companies are starting to realise is that TV shows don't necessarily mean less quality. It can be, you just, it, you can have more time to do character development, to explore characters, to build. It doesn't all have to be rushed in sort of two hours. You think about purely as time. You know, you're, you're telling a story, it's so much easier to tell a story in eight hours than it is to tell it in two. Yeah. And often you find in sort of films, sci-fi films, or even just nerdy films, particularly big budget films, is that often you get a lot of action and not a lot of plot or character development. And I feel that with the TV shows we've, we've been talking about, and TV shows in general, and increasingly so, in the way that as, as sort of Christians referred to of them being um, episodic, sorry, serialised and, and, um, and building towards a sort of climax. Um, you get to do character development, you get to do a proper plot. It's far more deliberate rather than the sort of old-fashioned TV style of villain of the week and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you still kind of have in sort of CW shows and all that. I think I was just about to bring up the Arrowverse as, a, as yeah. an example of the villain of the week. Well, I think, well, I think uh, the sort of birth of streaming services as well, where you're seeing very much seeing this sort of new style, and it's not, and it's not just streaming because it happened before that with Breaking Bad and True Detective and all that kind of stuff. Quite popular TV shows that were very much mm-hmm. like that, and then obviously streaming services. Um, have sort of reinforced that, and you're also seeing the budgets as well, massively bigger than than whatever you would get on sort of normal networks these days. And I think, yeah, so yeah I, I, I think it would be impossible to have done Stranger Things any justice at all at the cinema. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged, it's it's um it's a it's a double-edged sword. I think when it comes, if it's obviously. It, it does a great, like I say, this um, in the case of Babylon 5, he considered it a novel across five seasons. It's not, it wouldn't as be as easily translatable in a um, in a film or even a series of films. You'd have to take out some of the subplots, you'd have to strip it back a hell of a lot. You wouldn't have anywhere near as much of the um, world building as a TV series allowed to have. But I say it's 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 a double edged sword, I think, because. You create, you develop these characters, and arguably people become more enamoured with them. Some TV characters than they would with film characters because they get to spend longer with them. But then there's the there's if you can't stick the landing, and so it's something I'm going to bring up quite a bit. <clears throat> mm. um, or if you let it drag on and on and on past the point of its prime, then it can be a downfall as well. It's um. You need to, if you, like, with Babylon 5, he knew when to, he knew when it was going to stop ahead of time. It wasn't going to go any further than that. So he had it, pl- he had it kind of vaguely planned out, and that's why it's just so consistently brilliant. Although having said that, the last season, because they had fear of cancellation at the end of series four, he had to kind of rush a few plot threads to kind of bring it to a close at the end of series four. 
Okay. So that season five ended up being a little bit weaker because it wasn't necessarily what stuff he was um, going to do beforehand. But this is a bad thing like Game of Thrones just um, face plants so hard. And just, I don't think Andrew has seen Game of Thrones, so just uh, that's, I'm not the only one who's uh, dropped the nerd card today. Um, oh yeah, no, so <laughs> Game no of Thrones. Shame, no shame in having watched anything. Game of Thrones would have been on my list had it not been for that last. Had not been. So that's mm. the thing is, it, it did. It was what everyone would talk about for years and years and years, and yeah, it face planted so hard in the final season that now it's hardly mentioned at all. Yeah. Um, through lockdown, you wouldn't catch people saying, "Oh, I'm going to rewatch the old Game of Thrones" because it just put people off. But that's because they were so. It did such a good job of developing and creating characters that people loved, despite the fact that it killed off bloody every other character, every other episode. But. Um, and then there are series which are, for example, like something like Supernatural, which has been going for 15 series now, and it's, or was The Walking Dead. <laughs> and it gets to a point where people just say, can you just stop? Like, we loved these characters at one point, now it's just crap, and we're just not interested in seeing these characters anymore. So, yeah. That's an interesting thing about Game of Thrones, because, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but so <gasps> play a kind of ignorant question here. <laughs> But was 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 the enjoyment of the first how many seasons that it was going to end up somewhere? Like, surely people enjoyed the seasons on their own, regardless of where it was necessarily going. And I wonder why why the why the kind of failed ending had such an impact on people not even going back and watching like the how many seasons there were before that. I was thinking if you, if you know, even if they are great and you still objectively can appreciate them. If you know where it's heading, you just start thinking, what the hell's the point? Why Why should I bother? I know this is going to... The ending of this, or the whole thing, is going to be utterly diabolical. And it just doesn't make you... You just lose the interest in the series. I think Angry Joe um, mentions it in his, his uh, review for The Last of Us 2, actually. when you say stuff. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. That's why I'm doing this. I'm trying to get, you know, get chummy with all these YouTubers. Um, chummy. He mentions in... <laughs> mentioned in the Last of Us 2 um, review and it said he still loves the first one, doesn't like the second one but because the second one he feels just did such a bad job of, with the characters with the story, he has no interest in that franchise anymore and I think and he mentions that it's the same for Game of Thrones and that's the thing, if you know where it's heading and yeah, you know that the ending is so bad of like, like Star Wars where we say we don't have the fondest of memories for the sequels but we still I know it's different because it's films but I think with Star Wars, I think we can almost just just nicely slice it after it. period after episode six and say yeah. everything after that doesn't happen. And and, yeah. and, and when it's and when it's a film, they are just automatically separated. Mm. Yeah. You, with a series, it's it, so. For example, when you see say to someone, "Oh, do you like Game of Thrones?" You don't really say, "Oh, do you like Game of Thrones season one?" Do you like? No. Whereas with yeah. Star Wars, you could say, "Oh, did you like?" Do you like, mm, you know, yeah. Phantom Menace? It's it's a lot more like that. And I think, also, you can view it, this is maybe a slightly on-the-nose um, sort of analogy, but it's like you have a good relationship and then in, you have a bad time and you break up. That's your... The good times are clouded by the, the bad stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while. I don't know why I'm getting deep into this now. But, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah... And I feel it's 
even if you do enjoy the bits of the time, you still know at the back of your head mind that it's going that it's got to be building to something. You don't you don't just watch a show go oh this is wonderful enjoying it I don't care if it just ends now like you may you may say that but deep down you know you hope it's building for something and so when that you almost feel like the rug has been pulled from under you um, at the mm-hmm. end because it's been like well what what was it all worth and obviously it's silly because you've had that all that time of enjoyment but you do think that what what was it all worth. So how come you never yeah. kind of Game of Thrones never came across your radar then, Andrew? <clears throat> um, don't know. I mean, I'd say that kind of era of fancy stuff just Doesn't didn't do really interest you. me. For well, it didn't really interest me when I was like up until the age of about eighteen, and so I'd already kind of missed the hype a little bit by that point. And mm-hmm. so it's the same thing with Lord of the Rings. So I am. Um, they're both kind of. I was almost like too old to kind of, and it sounds stupid, but like to kind of the hype had already gone by that point, mm. and it was like, well, now I, now I just, so yeah, so I, pro- I probably would, I probably would watch them. Um, I was kind of late to the party as well. I, I'd seen bits of an episode and it hadn't really wowed me, but then I think it was just before season three came out. I was really ill at uni, and my housemates had illegal downloads of uh, the first two seasons. So just while I was... It's the sound of the police. <laughs> no, knocking down the doors right now. So you I just wouldn't steal a TV. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't steal a policeman's helmet. But just, yeah, um, I was ill and just binge-watched the first two seasons and then from that point on I was all hooked. So had it not been for that illness, I was going about what I discovering Babylon 5, I had it not been for that illness, maybe I would never have got into Game of Thrones. But it's how fate so sometimes it. transpires. Swings and roundabouts. Stop trying to make gonorrhea happen. It's not going to happen. You can will it into existence. (laughs) So yeah, so I think going back to what Christian was saying about Double-Edged Sword, for me definitely a a successful, or the the thing that's more fragile with TV shows is the the tempo. I think we've kind of circled around it, but in comparison to films, like the Arrowverse, it falls down because the tempo is just slow the issue the only issue or one of the main issues i had with falcon and the winter soldier was the tempo again you kind of go through this like first episode of all this is nice and meandering to bang they're both together at the start of (laughs) episode two um and and it's i don't know why it's more jarring in a tv show than it is a film um I suppose films, as, as as you kind of mentioned, they kind of have to be relatively tight to be actually be able to just get. Yeah, you've got like two hours, but you've got to have the quiet moments and the loud moments. Apart from quite close. What, Johnny, what's the one? What's that long film? Um, I can't remember what it's called. The long film that came out recently. I finished my drink. Max. What What was it called, Johnny? I can't remember. There was some famous guy that made it. You can ignore me. Okay, Tenet. Johnny, Johnny's, <laughs> Johnny's, Johnny's lost, forgotten how to speak. Snack cider. S- snack cider, it's changing. <laughs> oh, well, I did my best, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like maybe just film, films have kind of a force to to get their tempo somewhat right just based on the, the kind of time limits they have, whereas TV shows can have a bit of an issue. Um, Gotham is another one of those ones where like, 
the tempo at some points is like amazing and like you feel like you're really ticking along and it, it, it breaks out of that kind of villain of the week thing and then sometimes it's like I, I've watched like four episodes and I don't mean like nothing's happened <laughs> um so so yeah so I think that that's definitely where they where they where they where they're made or break well, broken I guess on that um, Falcon and Winter and Soldier tempo. point with um the tempo I think also it comes back to I think one of the dangers of of I guess where we are now with streaming and what the MCU and Star Wars are doing with sort of blending film and TV content is respecting the platform and I think one of the problems when you talk about tempo that Falcon and Winter Soldier I loved it as a series I really liked it but one of the problems I thought it had at times is that it sometimes treated it like a film rather than a TV show which is something that mm. I think that WandaVision got did better was was the pacing um, and the use of sort of plot twists particularly the end of episodes um, yeah absolutely and I think yeah one of the, my problems with, with Falcon and Winter Soldier was that it, sometimes it felt like they were trying to push a film into episodes absolutely yeah I agree with that totally yeah and on that on that front of the kind of the episode or that, that kind of framework I wonder if we have any thoughts on like when when TV shows are released um, in a scheduled format every week, like they have been recently, or if they're when they're dumped onto a streaming service like eight episodes at a time. Whether we have any thoughts on whether that impacts on the way that you consume that content, I just think that's contributed to our, our kind of our fast food culture of and people just lacking patience now. Frankly, I think. Do you think that's all it is? It's, it's. I just think, what if it's going to be dumped all at once? Then I know it obviously can't be put as out as a film. It's just why not just have it as one long feature and then let the streaming service save where you got to. I just okay. it's uh, one of the best things about a TV show is if it ends a t- uh, episode on a cliffhanger or an interesting part, and you have to wait a week, and you can spend that week discussing with other people who watch it about your theories or what's going to happen or. I mean, that's all that happened with bloody line of duty at work. All I think and heard for weeks on end was people discussing what the fuck was going on with that. So who's H? Who's H? It's that bloke. It's uh, the one who's gonna get C U N T E D in the in Kettering. Johnson. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm I've got two minds with that because I love a good binge. And you can't tell me, Christian, that you haven't binge-watched something and you haven't oh, yeah. It's, yeah. really Come enjoyed on. the yeah. binge-watch. And I feel like... like I can't, We talked about Stranger Things earlier. I binge-watched. Each season I binge-watched. I can't imagine doing it in a sort of weekly thing. And I think I would be so, like, angry like in the week that I'd have to wait. And again, maybe it's because I know that... Because I know I binge-watched it. And maybe if I didn't have an idea of binge-watching, it wasn't a thing, then I would be okay with it. But... I do love a binge watch, and 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 yes, it's great. And um, I, I think it was the the boys is another favorite of mine. That that was done weekly, and I really loved being like, oh yeah, I've got to wait till Friday till that comes out. And I think maybe because also because the way that used cliffhangers and pacing was really good in the boys. I was literally be like counting down the days until that came. Um, and so in that sense, it really did work. And maybe with binging, I wouldn't be sort of messaging friends about fan theories and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, mm. I could see both sides of it. I, yeah, in, some ways I quite, yeah. in some ways, I like the fact that we have a blend because 
I think that that way I can I can have my binge fix with like Netflix stuff and then with Prime and Disney Plus I can do it week by week mm. I'd watch like I, I, back in the day of watching 8 episodes of 24 in one one long session that was, well. that was pretty mm. glorious gotta say yeah I, th- I think by having the the type of content that's released all in one batch I generally find there's less time at the end of each episode dedicated to like a cliffhanger Mm. kind of feature and so which I suppose is good or bad I think Stranger Things has quite a few cliffhangers though it does but like it but I don't I don't think they necessarily like cram it into like the last like right at the end like they kind of just let like the episode itself be the problem that's then solved in the next one you see what I mean rather than just Mm. being like okay we've had we've had the main content of this episode and then oh well, look, look what's coming next week. It's completely kind of different. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's the difference. Like, again, not going to dump too much on Arrowverse the entire night, but like, like you have one villain that week. That villain gets locked up or killed or whatever. And then the end of each episode is pretty much just like looking ahead at next week as in Didn't what, we do what such issue a great is job. coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that that's the kind of stuff I don't really like in it, that... that uh, episodic weekly content forces to some degree um whereas i think say things like stranger things they 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 create a problem during the episode and that is then resolved throughout the next episode within the story mm-hmm. not just having five minutes at the end setting up like a a kind of next week on arrow kind of so a question for you andrew what's your problem oh, with yeah. the arrowverse <laughs> <laughs> um it's one of those things that I really enjoyed when I first started watching it. I enjoyed having, well, firstly, DC content that was actually linked up with other DC content, which is quite a rarity these days, or at least done well. Um, <laughs> what was that cut called? Yeah, what was that one? <laughs> really, I'm very quiet tonight. I will not I be tell his mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what first couple of seasons of Arrow first season of flash loved it mm-hmm. good good start feeling confident and then oh i don't know you get to like dc legends of tomorrow and you get to like the third or fourth season of flash and it and arrow is just uh, i mean if it wasn't for john diggle i would have stopped watching that some time ago you know um <laughs> can't help you it, fancy it, it just loses its way <sighs> And, and and it literally got to the point where I, I didn't watch anything in the Arrowverse for like I kind of had like a two month break, and then um, I decided to give it another chance. I was like, I don't know, she was good to me for like a couple of years, so I'll, I'll give her another chance. And um, <laughs> and I watched one episode of Arrow, uh, of Flash, and I was like, ah, oh, I remember why I stopped watching this show. Now I was literally like, I'm not even going to make it through one episode of this because I just can't do it. It's just uh, it's not good, and I think also by watching things like Stranger Things and The Mandalorians made me realise actually like what good TV is because <laughs> I was just I, for so long I was just watching those shows kind of every night or whatever and just like letting it come in and thinking well this is what TV is and then you actually experience like good tight uh, storytelling in TV shows and like okay yeah well this is what it should actually be like if it wasn't um, I think you need to be so, yeah. the writers and the directors and everything need to be up to the task of if it's going to go on or continue going on, they need to be up to the task of keeping quality content, or they should just cut their losses and stop it earlier. It's 
I think I think the problem with Arrowverse though is is very much that it is made for TV. Is yeah. is that unfortunately, in some ways, it's made at an unfortunate time because it's made where made it was made at a time where just when that change was beginning to happen where you start moving mm. into the streaming services and you start m- moving towards sort of more sort of pure content, if that makes sense, less sort of saturated by TV. And the problem with the Arrowverse is that it's so watered down for CW that there's no way in many ways that it could be written well because it would never get to that point, if that makes sense. Because no yeah. no writer would ever get freedom on it because it's a made for mainstream TV network. I think yeah. I've heard really good things about the Lois and Clark series. Apparently, that's the best. Yeah. That people have been saying that is the best CW mm. uh, show by far, the best DC uh, CW show by far. Yeah, need to check that. Out. And I and I've actually found that I think, and I and I watched Star Girl as well, and that I thought was a lot better as well. So I, I get the feeling that they may be maybe with HBO Max etc DC have had a bit more bargaining power to make it a bit more uh, serious and a bit more sort of like the other stuff but I think I think Arrowverse really falls like like Andrew I really enjoyed I would say at least half of Arrow seasons wise in the first couple of Flash seasons maybe the first two and then but then when you just got all so saturated with like legends and I really didn't enjoy Supergirl like for me that just got just took it a bit too far in terms of like soap opera sort of ugly Betty type stuff Um, yeah I know what you mean and I yeah and I'm glad that it's clear that they're sort of moving away from that and yeah I think I think they realise that the sort of writing's on the wall for that I think the, the the other definitive thing that is a problem with the Arrowverse and this is the last time I'm going to shit on it and move on to something else but is that the end of each kind of first season on each show, they have to do something really kind of big. I think this happens quite a lot in TV shows, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, they just have to do something really big. So, for example, at the end of the first season of Flash, quite a big reveal happens, and basically someone he's trusted for the whole of the first season, it turns out that they're not necessarily who they say they've been you kind of know that they haven't been who they said they're going to be but um so, and that's that's quite a big point but then particularly if they're playing at by that the guy point who plays jd's brother in scrubs indeed uh, but then at that point it's like well you've almost kind of peaked at the end of your first season which you kind of have to do to be able to like give your first season a good show and to be able to then carry on and do other stuff but you've then kind of shot yourself in the foot because it's like well there's we can't go anywhere from here there's no there's no more room of where we can go so we just have to kind of keep doing the same thing and chugging along and you literally that that same character that you basically get rid of you then just get back the next season in a different format so that they can carry on doing the same thing as so that's a pretty good example i think of why it why it um doesn't work so yeah, yeah. i was gonna about so, just gonna ask actually was um yeah which might actually feed into that is um do you think it because you can look at episode lists of all these shows yeah. And pretty much every, in most cases, every episode is written by someone different. Or sometimes that's not the case, but... As I was say, do you think that hurts or hit, if it hinders or aids 
like a progression of a series. I was just thinking maybe in that case, if you like, you peak like one writer say peaked at the end of a one season, then a different writer could then come up with something different to then make the mm. second season a peak. But at the same time, if you're trying to make a coherent narrative, different writers could cause an issue. Yeah. I, I won't talk any more about Arrowverse because I think I've kind of covered that. But I really liked in Mandalorian how they had different directors for each episode, and but but with a with a very Same tight rise. and clear arc mm. of how the story would go for those eight episodes or how many there were, but have di- different directors' visions for each episode, it gave you a really good like the perfect balance of of say having 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 a having a, having a single story arc, but also having different small little different ideas mm-hmm. and different cinematography kind of styles to each episode I, I, I thought that was a really interesting um, yeah that's interesting a good point touch. I was going to say just, I was going to mention just how the reason why I think Babylon 5 could be considered so tight in the writing is because I don't think it's happened before but um, JMS Jamie he, um, he for two of the seasons each season was 22 episodes and for two of those seasons he wrote Every single episode. Okay. He did the writing for yeah. every single episode, so that's the, and that is just, I think, just factors into why it's just such the such a brilliantly written series because it just had one vision, one concise vision, without anything yeah. um, kind of diffusing that. Yeah, I think I think probably the having having one set of writers is probably the kind of single most important thing you can have. I would say, so, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think again, it kind of plays into what I was saying. I think you just, unfortunately, you're just never going to have that on a mainstream US TV network, twenty six episode a season. And the, and the sort of problem with sort of series like Flash and everything like is, it's all mapped out anyway. So, really and truly, the writers will change per episode, but it's not really changing. You have showrunners oh, effectively deciding the plot. As long as as long as the writers get basically for every episode, the writer will be said, "Well, okay, you've got to get from point A to B." Yeah. What happens between A and B is completely up to you. Yeah. But as long as you get to the B by the end of the episode, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really like you could. I think it would obviously improve things if you had the same writer, and actually it would mean you could actually probably take more risks because that person knows they're still getting to B at the end of the season or whatever, um, and they could do more, take more risks in between. But unfortunately, it's just yeah, a result of, yeah. of the way it's done. Yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely does harm it. So those were our those were our kind of main favourite TV shows that have existed. As we love to do on this show, we've been probably going to move now to what kind of shows we are looking forward to in the future. Have have we got shows that we're excited about that we already know are coming out, or have we got shows that we are we would like to speculate that would be cool to, if they came out? What are we thinking? The facial expressions I can see on the screen right now. Contortion I would say potentially the new Game of Thrones prequel, but if it goes the way of the first Game of Thrones series. You know what I'd love to see? This is my, um, and I'm, I'm completely stealing this from a, a, a YouTube channel called Super Carlin Brothers. In fact, it may actually be something that's happening, I can't remember, but um, would be a Harry Potter TV show based on the four founders 
Can you imagine like a Friends kind of style <laughs> with like Gryffindor, Slytherin, I think, Ravenclaw and I think, Hufflepuff I think, all sharing a house together? <laughs> I think there is going to be a Harry Potter series. Maybe that's what I it think is. HBO have been, I remember seeing that HBO are, yeah, in talks about that. Yeah, um, I, I I know that there's there was like a running joke about it on one of these YouTube channels, the Super Conan Brothers YouTube channels, um, and I think they were trying to suggest that it should happen, and then something I knew something was kind of vaguely being talked about, but yeah, so I think that'd be actually quite interesting, um, because it's one of those settings where there actually hasn't been that much that's come out of out of things other than the, other than more movies, like there hasn't been, there's not any obviously mm-hmm. like kind of spin off books other than well, I mean there's this, there's the stage show um, The Cursed Child isn't there a video game that people ever, everyone's looking forward yeah, to yeah Hogwarts Legacy is coming out later mm. this year I think so that'd be quite good yeah so we're starting to see more and more kind of different content for the Harry Potter universe um, so that's quite cool so I think it's some kind of TV show in that kind of setting could be interesting especially as it's so like I mean it's it's up there in terms of Star Wars for me in terms of the expanse of universe that and possibilities that you could draw from like it's pretty much unlimited isn't it mm-hmm. so you could really pick something really random and go go different with it i've got two things go one it. is concrete one is slightly less concrete so i'm looking forward to loki um i don't want to get too excited about it though because all the fan theories as well drove me mad with wandavision um <laughs> With Mephisto and Doctor Strange, uh, clearly, like it's fact that they turn up, uh, and yet they apparently they don't. Spoilers. Um, literally, journalists were saying it was fact that those two characters would appear in One Division. Um, so I don't want to get too crazy in the fan theories. And I thought in some ways there's quite a lot riding on that, if that makes sense, because I think there was a lot of build up to the. As much as I've enjoyed both MCU series so far, there was quite a lot of build up about how they would link into the MCU and it hasn't quite set up future films in the way I thought it would uh, I, was, I was just about to say do we do we think Loki is going to be that springboard that's going to finally kind of show us something in the in phase 4 that's going to happen or do we think it's just going to be more kind of flavour text I don't want to say yes because if I say yes I, it, it will disappoint me You're so I'd rather say, I'd rather think that it won't and then I will be wonderfully I think I think at the very least it will be fun. That's what I hope. At the very yeah. least it will be fun, and it'll have some. It's got Owen Wilson in it, so. Uh, I, I yeah okay, but at the very wow <laughs> wow at the very least <laughs> I hope it's like fun and that it plays a lot with time and all that kind of stuff. And I really hope that, and I would love it if it set some things up or even just had some really cool sort of elements in it that we didn't know. But the other thing I was going to say, which I talked about with you, Andrew, before we started recording, is. Uh, less, con- Sorry, less concrete but looks like it's going to happen is a Constantine TV series or a uh, Justice League Dark either way Constantine will be there uh, or both um, because I love Justice League Dark and I think Constantine is one of those really popular characters that's a little bit untapped still I know you had the Keanu Reeves movie and the sort of series that was abandoned love the movie um, as well which was also really good the series and yeah, so it looks like um, that's gonna is gonna happen. It's it's uh, JJ Abrams is is working on it. Well, Bad Robot are producing it. Um, mm. Yeah, sorry, Christian. Uh, but 
I'm excited about it because Con- this is not Ryan Johnson. Constantine is a great character, and and also Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark. We really shouldn't be waiting. We shouldn't have had to wait this long for them to get their sort of debut. There's some fantastic characters there, and they deal with some really cool mystic stuff and dark crap. So, and I think it could also work really good well as a TV series. I think it would work better as a TV series than a film uh, with some of the themes that they deal with. So, yeah, that would be what I'd be looking forward to. Chris. That'd be sweet. Can I just really quickly inject going back to Loki? Yeah. I hope that Loki, at the very least, just sets the ground rules for how the multiverse works. <laughs> You know how they kind of didn't... I, I didn't feel they really gave really clear grammars how the time travel worked in Endgame. I think it'd be really good if Loki just kind of... The TV show just set, set out how the time it. travel and the multiverse works. They won't because they'll want to leave their options open. But I think that'd be really... It'd be a good touch if they were just to kind of really clarify it. Because that's, that's the thing that people get annoyed with with time travel and things is because they have either no rules and so people do kind of just crazy things that make sense or they make the rules and then break them that i, I would say mm. that's a general assessment of how why time travel doesn't work in films and tv shows um so yeah, i hope, I hope they the learn from that time yeah. is and harry potter time isn't linear we just perceive it that way terminator you've managed to fit it into all three episodes now i think i did too i don't think i, I did last week oh shocker sorry christian i'll let you carry on with what you what you're excited about what am i excited about hmm in terms of TV shows. My, my, my bookshelf. They were... Amazon were going to be producing a series revolving around Ian e. M. Banks's culture novels. Ooh. I think they were going to do Consider Phoebus, which has been recently been cancelled, oh. which is quite disappointing. <laughs> um, it's difficult as I think it would have been to do it justice. It would have been really cool to see that in, on the screen. Because they are my favourite. It's my favourite fictional universe ever. I love Eamon M. Banks, who's my favourite author. But one series that that is definitely happening, coming to things Apple TV, is um, an adaptation of another of my favourite novels, Isaac Asimov's Foundation, which is going to be starring Jared Harris, great actor, um, coming to the as they're coming to the Apple, I think, later this year, maybe next year, and that's another galaxy spanning bit of old fashioned space sci-fi so yeah I'm quite looking forward to seeing that and see what they do with that because that is quite a short story but very interesting concepts in it from a book written about 70 years ago so yeah I'm interested to see that I really don't mean to shit on your strawberries but I've literally only just realised well remembered the second that Apple TV is a thing Mm. Everyone's got a bloody streaming service now. How long do you think Apple TV will last? Because well, they're not exactly doing well. I don't know anyone that's Jason Momoa series. I don't know anyone that's watched anything on Apple TV. There was a Jason Momoa series, and there was one with um, Chris Evans, wasn't there? I think there was one with Steve Carell as well, like a talk show Mm. thing. Yes, I think interesting, Christian. I just want to say, do, do, do we want to end on, because we missed out our honourable mentions of favourite TV shows, do we just want to end on that on a quick fire round or something? Let's go for it. Arrowverse. Gotham. The Boys. Doom Patrol. Black Mirror. Penny. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, yes. Penny Dreadful. No, Go- Go- Gotham actually deserves some more love, sorry. I'll just... That's true. Go- Go- Gotham is actually quite a good TV show. I've got down The Expanse, Amazon, great show. Battlestar Galactica. 
Farscape. That's another bit of weird sci-fi. Brilliant though. Stargate SG-1 and, as you postulated earlier, a bit of Westworld as well. Only season one though. And kind of season two. And clearly Batman Superman... No, not Batman Superman. Superman, Avengers of Lois and Clark. Clearly the greatest TV show ever made. Joking. Oh yeah, remember that. Back in the day. Terry Hatcher. We said that the same time. I'm I'm going to ruin the end of this thing and say, does Big Bang Theory count? No. (laughs) Okay. I, th- I, think I used to like to a bit of Big Bang Theory back in the day, I'm not going to lie. We, uh, we would establish you a bit like Sheldon. So. Fuck off. <laughs> Told you, I'm Raj. I can't, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at talking to people. Unless you've had a couple of Strongbow Dark Threes. Yep. We only had the one though. If you're allowed Big Bang Theory, then we're allowed Peep Show. <laughs> no, okay, I'll take that. We'll have a Big Bang Theory. We'll have American sitcoms versus British sitcoms yes. episode. Come at me. So that's us done for tonight. And we'll have a little jingle coming there, yeah, cool. No <laughs> <More> jingle. <laughs> you stop paying me, Christian. I'll wire you the money. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> okay, yeah, so. So what's next week's episode? Next, next week's, week's episode, episode is. Can villains be overused? Are villains overused? Villains, are villains oversaturated? Mm. Um, we can't with some catchy title for that before then. Though. Right, well, that's my—that's what I bring to this. I bring—I make slightly catchy titles. I wonder how um, how often we're going to talk about Joker in that. Who? Controversial Pro- opinion. Another drinking game. Done? For every mention of Joker, we take a shot. Yeah. We can make one of them. A shot of what? I thought we lived in a Jilly society. That <laughs> yeah, was a beautiful thing I, I, think I sent to you both the other day that was um, a thing like in Joker in the 1970s, you put him in a vat of acid. Mm. And Joker in 2019, you put him in society. That's mm-hmm. a, True yeah. story. True. True. We live in a society. Um, so yeah. Thank you very much for listening to another week of our nerdy ramblings issue number two issue number two variant one of the uh, the nerd cut favourites the nerd cut favourites and the third episode we've done Mm -hmm. so if you're keeping up with all of that then well done and you deserve to pat yourself on the back and then wait another week until you can listen to the next one so yeah, see, see we don't just drop all the podcasts at once we, we uh, you have to wait the next another week we to stretch it out it, it takes it takes my brain about a week to work out what we've actually been talking about that week <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of I've like emptied it properly and then I'm ready to go again you know so that, that that's the main reason we have to wait a week in between I'm these a, two are ready to go straight away yeah I'm about 30 seconds yeah so yeah so thank you very much for listening and have a nerdy week and stay dangerous we'll see you next week goodbye Ciao. bye